there's a new proposal to make over Chicago's museum campus. Now, you may have heard about the possible dome over Soldier Field. Well, that's not all. A big part of this campus reimagining brings nature front and center. So joining us for more about the potential makeover is Matt Santagata. He's the regional operations manager with the nonprofit environmental group Openlands. Hey, Matt, welcome to Reset. Thank you so much for having me. Also with us is Juanita Irizarry, executive director with the park advocacy organization Friends of the Parks. Juanita, thanks so much for joining. Nice so to glad. meet you in person. Absolutely. <laughs> COVID has kept us away from each other. Right. So, so nice to see you. Here we are. Thank goodness. Uh, I'm going to start with you, actually. Before we get into the details of this um, this proposal to reimagine the museum campus, I want to first talk about why you were doing this. The mayor convened uh, the working group back in February to come up with a new vision for the space. But why reimagine it all? Well, certainly, I think the mayor was very focused on potentially losing the bears and but saw it as an opportunity to think about the broader area. And for Friends of the Parks, we jumped at the chance to be at the table because for us, we see this as an opportunity to revisit promises that were made under the Daly administration to further green this campus, to get rid of some of the surface parking lots, and to make it a more natural area. So those were some of the big issues you were trying to solve? Yes, and as a group that so often is made fun of, we can take it, but having saved a parking lot, right, because of the whole George Lucas Museum issue, we see this as this moment we've been waiting for, which is if there's no building there, then we can now work towards a more open campus that is more green as well. Matt, why did Open Lands get in on this? You know, I think there was just a tremendous opportunity here. You have this site located in the heart of downtown Chicago. It's uh, bordered by some of our most iconic natural and urban resources. It has the three world-class institutions embedded within it. But at the same time, there was a lack of cohesive vision tying it not only to the features amongst themselves, but to the problems facing Chicago uh, ecologically and, and socially. Yeah. Uh, so there was a, a massive opportunity here to, to reimagine that. And I, I think this plan doesn't just start and end with museum campus, but also really reimagines how the entire city of Chicago can uh, rethink its connection to nature and wildlife. Yeah, dig into some of the priorities, Matt. What, what was your group's bottom line? What did you want to make sure was front and center? I think we can divide those into physical and conceptual priorities. So on, on the physical side, we wanted to ensure that the site was accessible to all Chicagoans uh, safely via cycling, transit, walking. Uh, we wanted to look at how people moved throughout the campus through navigating wayfinding, how it connected to the existing trail network, um, and also more generally this idea of how do we actualize the city of Chicago Park District motto of uh, city in a garden. So that was accomplished through native landscaping and ecological restoration. Mm -hmm. And as far as the conceptual components, we really wanted to look at what makes this a campus in the truest sense of the word. What binds these three institutions together and how is that reflected in their programming and the uh, physical landscape as well? Something that was uh, super important to environmentalists was making sure that whatever the working group came up with uh, that it didn't go against the city's public trust doctrine, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this goes back to Chicago's Lakefront Protection Ordinance of 1973. Juanita, explain what that is. Yeah, and there are actually two different legal mechanisms, and for Friends of the Parks, we pull on whichever one we think is more powerful at the time. But the public trust doctrine actually goes back 
centuries to the idea that the water belongs to all of us. And since Chicago's lakefront parks were built in the water, most of it is infill, um, all of us Illinoisans have a right to say, wait a minute, if there's development happening on the lakefront that is in the private interest over the public benefit, I can sue. It could be any of us. Friends of the Parks, of course, has taken a strong role in that over the years. The Lakefront Protection Ordinance also is another layer very specific to Chicago around um, not building mostly east of Lakeshore Drive. Um, so we use both of those legal mechanisms, whichever one is the best one at the time, to make yeah. sure that folks are not thinking of this as real estate where they can build. So. Let's talk about some of the main points of this 50-page proposal. Um, Matt, a lot of folks get caught up in that the soldier field bullet points, right? Uh, like the dome, more seating, sports betting, all of that. Uh, a huge part of the proposal, though, is about making uh, museum campus a, quote, urban nature retreat. So talk about some of the nature-related wins that you were referring to earlier. Yeah, I, I'd like to start by taking us back to 1909. Uh, the first plan for Chicago by Burnham and Bennett specified plans for Northerly Islands, which we are including with Museum Campus, and envisioned it as a, a nature sanctuary. And uh, two of the primary components of that were emphasizing the importance of the prairie and the lake. And I think that this proposal really honors that vision and places value in these components uh, in a way that is beneficial to all Chicagoans. So we have this core concept of rewilding in the heart of the city, um, landscaping with uh, native plants, restoring uh, native ecological systems, mm -hmm. and creating new habitat. And this is something that the Field Museum actually pioneered in 2015 uh, to great success. They found that it reduced the maintenance costs of their grounds, the water that they were using, and provided outdoor educational opportunities. Uh, so we are looking to expand that same concept across the entire campus. And then, of course, there are other components, such as uh, great emphasis on uh, bird habitat, you know, Chicago sits at the intersection of two of the largest migratory bird flyways in, in North America. So we really wanted to make sure that we utilize that resource. And uh, in addition, there's also the, the Climate Lab and the Barrier Islands as well, which yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. If you're just tuning in, folks, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're outside of the studio today. We're broadcasting from Chicago's museum campus from in front of the Shed Aquarium. We've got some of our listeners here, too. Watching. Thank you so much for showing up. We're talking about a new proposal from the city to reimagine the look, the experience, and the use of Museum Campus. Our guests are Matt Santagata with Open Lands and Juanita Irizarry with Friends of the Park. Uh, Juanita, we mentioned planting native species, right? Uh, one person called it a rewilding yes. of the space. Right now, most of the land on Museum Campus, as we've talked about, it's grass. Yes. Why is transforming the landscape with native species important? Right. I mean, I, I do want to say there 
is a vision for still having some places where you can throw frisbee, right? But there's also this idea that the three museums can coordinate together better to make sure that it's all more integrated and holistic and it looks more similar to kind of have that sense of it. But also we really see this as an opportunity to have Chicagoans and visitors who are coming to the lakefront really learn about the importance of nature and native plantings as part of our resilience, right? And we are right on a lakeshore that is being battered by increasing frequency and severity of storms uh, because of climate change, and the city of Chicago is going to have to be thinking about what does it mean to be to have a resilient lakeshore all up and down. What kind of native plants are we talking about? Well, I'll let our, our open lands experts in these things actually answer that one. Matt? Yeah, uh, I can list a few. I know uh, milkweed is uh, a major one. Um, lots of flowering plants that provide uh, pollinators resources as well. Um, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Though. Yeah, and the deeper roots and the, the natural, um, what isn't supposed to be here by nature, as opposed to the invasive species, are helpful in managing stormwater, in you know keeping the soil from kind of going off into um, back into the lake and sands. And so, really getting back to what nature intended to be here yeah. is really helpful in managing the the rising lake levels. So you talked a little bit earlier, Matt, about the, the proposed Great Lakes Climate Lab. Um, something else that's that's fascinating in the proposal is, is uh, Northerly Island, right? The um, So like so much of the lakefront, it suffers from erosion due to uh, the, the rising lake levels. The city's proposal includes a possible solution. Can you explain? Yeah, this is one of the most exciting aspects of the proposal to me. Uh, It originates from a 2011 Northerly Island Framework Plan from the architectural firm Studio Gang. And they recognize that all of these great ideas for Northerly Island are ultimately rendered meaningless if it's totally eroded in, in a couple decades. So what they envisioned was this very innovative approach to mitigate the force of the waves by creating man-made artificial barrier islands stringed along the coast connected with a boardwalk. Uh, They would create uh, meaningful habitat for birds, fish, uh, unique recreational activities. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can imagine snorkeling in a man-made lagoon uh, within eyesight of of the Chicago skyline, surrounded by fish and birds, uh, you know, maybe getting lunch on a barge with a restaurant on it, akin to something you would see on the the Seine in Paris. It's all very inspiring, but also uh, sustainable, practical solutions to these ecological challenges we're facing. And if I may, we see that as also instructive for other parts of the lakefront where we've seen revetments fail. We have parks that are now actually not there anymore or beaches. And we have some people who actually live right along the lakefront who have really been struggling with the impacts of high lake levels and the increasing storms, right? So maybe these barrier islands are an idea that should also then uh, be thought about in other parts of the lakefront. So one of our listeners here today with us has a question. Uh, They're asking, uh, they'd like to hear your thoughts on making the lakefront a national park or lakeshore. What are its benefits or setbacks? Well, I'll say for Friends of the Parks, um, we talked to a lot of folks who are thinking about that. And, and we think there are some opportunities for protections around that, but it also moves us away from local control. Um, not that local control is always perfect or the great thing either, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier to engage our local officials. Um, we would also be concerned about costs that may come as national parks 
charge entrance fees, and we are working really hard to insist that our parks should be free. So we think vetting ideas like that is great, and to talk about what's good about it and what's bad about it so that we can kind of make sure we have the best thing possible here. I want to go back to briefly touch on something you, you brought up very early on, Juanita, something you care a lot about, and that's rethinking and reducing parking. Yes. Yeah, we have a lot of parking spaces in the Millennium Park garages that are underutilized, so say the transit experts. I am not one, but apparently there are a lot of opportunities that could be had to use remote parking and shuttle people in and turn a lot of our surface parking into more permeable parking if it must stay parking, greener spaces, but also to actually remove some of that concrete and yeah. make those spaces green. And we think that will be better aesthetically, will also be better for stormwater management, and some of the pieces of concrete could actually be used for art or other other things that need to be redone along this uh, museum campus. Matt, did you get everything you wanted in the proposal? You know, I did. I think this is a really revolutionary way for us to reconceptualize our relationship to the lake and to the natural environment in Chicago. Uh, the, the concept of rewilding, I think, is applicable not only to this site, but to other uh, parcels owned by the, the city. And I, I hope that the climate lab that comes out of this maybe serves as a, a testing ground for some of these ideas. Mm -hmm. Before we let you both go, uh, both of your groups do a lot of work in environmental conservation and, and preservation. Uh, Matt, briefly talk about some of the work that Open Lands is doing to protect our water systems. Of course. So uh, Open Lands has been uh, a leader in protecting natural resources since its creation back in 1963. So we have a very storied history, and, and water systems are a major part of that. And I, I think perhaps one project now that is most relevant to the show today is in conjunction with Chicago Wilderness, we are creating a uh, regional watershed health index to monitor the health of water systems across uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana, Illinois, uh, everything from uh, pollution levels, plastic levels, um, oxygen levels, and physical aspects like connectivity and accessibility. Juanita, Friends of the Parks does a lot of work around education, also um, connecting residents with their parks. Talk about some of that work. Yeah, you know, and it, inherent in our thinking about this whole project is also equitable investment, right? And there are a lot of costs associated with the vision that has been put out around the museum campus. So we think conversations about what equity looks like in terms of investment across the city are really important. Mm -hmm. If we're going to put a whole bunch of money down here, we better make sure that mm -hmm. local kids... You know, families from Chicago are able to access it well, um, but we're also always saying, wait a minute, people ought to be able to go to a park in their neighborhood, and it ought to have great amenities and programming that's relevant to those communities. So those balances are always kind of a part of our thinking. Um, and most of our energy, in fact, is spent on the south and west sides these days, but we cannot not answer the call when the mayor wants us yes. to be at the table. How can folks get involved? Well, look at www.fotp.org, and you can find ways to connect up with us. Same question for you, Matt. Uh, likewise, uh, www.openlands.org. That is Matt Santagata with Open Lands and Juanita Irizarry, Executive Director of Friends of the Parks. Thank you so much. So great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.